Welcome to the episode four of the Random Access Podcast. Recorded live on Wednesday, October 4th? Yeah, right? 4th. Recorded live on Wednesday, October 4th, 2006. Yes, from the place that's gluten-free, Dave's uh, apartment. Well, not really. Not really? No, I've got some stuff in the cabinets. From the place that's supposed to be gluten-free, <laughs> Dave's apartment. Uh, first off, I'd like to start by saying sorry about the delay in getting the podcast out. The uh, rumors about my death have been over-exaggerated. Thank you, Mr. Clemens. You actually know where that quote came from? Oh, no shit. All right. We got a good episode for you guys today. Yes, a long list of stuff. So much. This is, this is we were, we were, we, we probably have um, actually made a better show because we haven't done shows, is that we've suddenly got a um, huge list. Yeah. And we're just going to kind of jump into the list. Yes, should we just jump right in the Let's list? Let's jump right in. First thing is last week, well, last episode. Yes, episode three, Hacksaws. Hacksaws. Which is in Leet for those of you yeah, who... Uh, I, I think they've got it. Yeah. Uh, Andy asked me a question. Yes. About... Do you, want, do you want me to ask you the question again? By all means, ask me the question again. All right. So um, last semester, I had uh, a class which was an introduction to a telecommunications course, basic like 100 level course. And um, they had asked me, one of my papers was, what do you think the telecommunications field is going to be like in 30 years? And I put a lot of effort into reading this, into this thing and getting this paper done fine, which actually, um, I only got a C on the paper. I was kind of pissed. Oh, that sucks. I know. But so I was, it was kind of thinking like that. I was asking other people what, their, what they thought telecommunications field is going to be in 30 years. And so... And that was, I kind of changed it from telecommunications to just technology in general and asked Dave, and he decided to... Um, present the question to you guys, and I posted on the forum the question and posted a couple links to it, told people about it, didn't get quite the response that I wanted, but... People responded. Few people I, did respond. I, w- I was excited that people actually responded, so that means we're um, not doing this for our own health, even though I'd actually like doing this podcast. This is a learning experience for me. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun. It is. Uh, if I were to start over, there would probably be a couple things I'd do differently, but that's just the technical aspect of it. Yes. And actually having stuff set up before we decide to go into the fray of going, hey, check out our podcast. <laughs> Nothing's actually there yet. Nothing's there, but it'll be there in a week. <laughs> it'll be there when we get back out of the car. All right. So we actually had some responses. Um, would you... Um, I think what I, I promised that I'd read the best one on the air, but for fear of hurting people's feelings and because there really wasn't too much selection anyways. Well, it was also that people were reading other people's posts and then kind Copy, of, well, not copying, but building off of it, extrapolating off of the previous post. I like the word extrapolate. extrapolate. It's, it's Is fun. that your word of the day? Um, no, the word of the day was something about you have a precipent or something like that. You have a word of the day. It it comes on my Gmail account at the very top. It's like the word of the day is. Okay. I don't know. Right. I I just read. So people were extrapolating. Yes. From the previous posters and building off of it. And disagreeing with certain points, this, that, and the other thing, and reinforcing other points. Yes. And so we devised a quick summary. Yes. Um, a lot of people. A lot. There were like three people who posted. But yes. Uh, a very common theme was 
more portability yes. in items and electronics. Yes. That things will be uh, smaller and easier to take around with you. Smaller, faster, quicker. More powerful, more yes. customizable. Yes. Stuff like that. So, you know, the move to, like, the iPod will just, it'll keep going. And the iPod will be able to do more, as an example. I really hope not, because I don't want Apple to get any more than they already have. Well, we have a thing about Apple later. Yeah, Andy and I are not the biggest Mac fans. Not really. There, there's some things they do well, and there's other things they just... We'll, we'll get to that later. Um, another topic that was brought up was artificial intelligence. Yes. And that there's going to be some significant advances in that. And in 30 years, I could certainly see something. I mean, in the last 30 years, there's been huge advances in it, just not in the way that people think of artificial intelligence. No. But... There is no Robbie the Robot. Right. I remember that movie. What was it? Short Circuit. No. no? That was, was Johnny Five. Johnny Five. Okay. Do you want to know where Robbie Robbie's the Robot... Robbie's from AI... Uh, AI, God. AI, Asimov. No. Asimov. No. Yes. No. There was an Asimov short story that involved Robbie. Robbie the Robot, Dave. Yes. What movie? I don't know. Forbidden Planet. I don't know if I ever saw that. It's based off of Shakespeare's, uh, I think, The Tempest. Really? Yes. I should go watch that movie. I actually wrote a 10-page paper on that movie, too. You took the weirdest classes. 100 years of sci-fi history. It was a great course. I'm in the wrong school. <laughs> like I said, you're not, you're not going to have any courses like that over at, over at Michigan. I don't know, man. Cultural diversity in Japan? Pretty cool course. Yeah, we're not going to have that at Eastern, I don't right. think. But And my professor is so damn awesome. But you're not going to sit around on a Saturday morning, go in there, chomping on popcorn in a big, huge theater, no, watching, not. watching all the classic films like uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still, Forbidden Planet, uh, When Worlds Collide, War of the Worlds. Right. No, I robo- not I robot. It was uh, short stories from the rest of the robots, I think is what it was. No, it wasn't iRobot. Susan Kelvin. It was uh, Robbie the Robot. Oh, Robbie the Robot. That's what you were just saying, Robbie the Robot. It, it was? Yeah. Oh. Why, is the one from Forbidden Planet not Robbie? No, no, it is Robbie. It was just... I, I, when I said Robbie the Robot, I was thinking Forbidden Planet. I have not yeah. been to... No, in iRobot, the first one, it, the, it, the story's called Nursemaid. Did I actually ever read any of the iRobot I stories? I hope you did. Those are good stories, and it lays the foundation for every sci-fi robot after it. That is true. And the the three laws are, like, universal in science fiction. That is true. What is the one that um, cannot hurt your... Don't. Do you know the three laws? I was going to guess. Do you not want me to guess? First law of robotics is a robot may not harm a human or through an action allow a human to come to harm. Yes. Second law is a robot must follow a human's orders unless, unless it, it conflicts with the first law. Yes. Third law is a robot may not harm itself or through an action allow itself to come to harm unless, unless it conflicts with the first or second law. Yes. I knew what they were. You just didn't give me the opportunity to just try and see okay. if I knew what they Do were. Do you know what the zeroth law is? Did you just use the word zeroth? Yes. Is that an actual word? I think it is. Well, if first is a word and second is a word, isn't there something for zero? Um, something that supersedes one? How can you supersede? Something's got to happen first. 
If something supersedes well, first, doesn't that become first? Yes, then? but because the laws were already so established, and Asimov might have just made up the word, but because the laws were already established as the first law, something that took priority over the first law became the zeroth law. Okay. Do you know what the zeroth law is? Can you guess? Um, a robot humans should not harm each other. Close. A robot may not harm humanity, or through an action allow humanity to come to harm. Wouldn't that just be the same thing as the first? No. The first law doesn't make any allowances for greater number. Oh. It's just the robot can't harm a human. So if... It doesn't matter if, you know, I save this guy, that one's going to come to harm, or if I save these three, then that two will come to harm. So it's kind of like the uh, iRobot movie where Will Smith was talking about, oh, the robot saved me because I had a 73% chance of survival. Well, to- no, that, that would be what happens because of the first law. Okay. It tries the best scenario. But the robot in the stories in Asimov's books, that robot would have been incredibly damaged because of the choice it had to make. It, might, it probably would have made the same choice, but it would be damaged because of it. I see. But the zeroth law is... Uh, it was written later in the series, and it's kind of the logical extension of the first law. But, it yeah, it's weird. Anyways. I'm going to take your word on that one, because, like I said, I um, had no clue on that, so I'll just... Uh, yeah, anyways, we're talking about uh, artificial tech in, in 30 years yes. and artificial intelligence. So robotics... Hey, robotics might come out in 30 years. I mean, there's oh. already a lot of progress on it. Like that really cool Honda robot that can actually, like, walk up and down stairs and push the... Yeah, uh, and then there's the, uh... I think it's called, like, the Spherebot. It's a robot on a single ball, and it balances itself and can move. Oh, so it's kind of like that uh, the Segway type of... Sort of. But, like, the Segway can always balance itself on the two yeah. wheels. And well, so. th- except this is only balancing on a single sphere. Okay, it's but... weird. I've seen a video of it. Ballbot, that's what it was called. Ballbot. 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 Um, what else was on the, the list of topics that they had brought up about what's going to happen in 30 years? Connectivity. Connectivity. Being able to contact someone anytime, anywhere. Well, that's, that's kind of happening right now. Like, people could call me up on my cell phone right now. Well, I'm not going to answer at the yeah, moment. But... I, I can, yeah. But, I mean, that's changed in 30 years. Oh, yeah. And that's probably going to... I mean, uh, it's already changed a lot, but what's it going to be like in 30 years? That is true, You're going to like, be able to tap a button on your wrist and be able to contact someone. Yeah. Little video watches. That's what I'm waiting for. You're waiting for uh, Dick Tracy? I... Dick Tracy with, I, the, with the video wrist watches? Yeah, I, I haven't seen Dick Tracy in years. Um, I was talking about the uh, comic book. I haven't seen the comic book in even longer. Have you even actually read a Dick Tracy comic book? A comic book? No. Okay, then. I'm sorry. That's okay. I fail as a geek. No, no, no. no. This is a whole thing that I want to bring up later about the... um, Remind me later. To bring up the classifications of geeks. I actually wanted to... What did I talk about? I don't know, but I want to make a test that you could take to see what type of geek you excel at. Comic book. Music, movie, game. Technology in general. Sci-fi, tech, stuff like that. Yeah. All right. To see, like, oh, I'm 67% Trekkie and uh, 23% this, that, and the Uh, other thing. 
I don't like the idea of classifying it with percentages like that. I think that's a bad move. But, because there's a lot of overlap. There is true. Like, sci-fi movies and sci-fi TV. Right. There is a lot of overlap so, there. I promised last week that I would give my answer. Yes. Last episode, rather, that I would give my answer. Yes. And I've Did you been, even actually think of I've a- been thinking about this oh, wow. long and hard. And in 30 years, there's going to be a breakthrough in something. Probably a lot of things. Medical technology is going to go through the roof. I mean, it's going to be so different. Oh, yeah. The, the, the type of research that we're doing now, like one of the podcasts I listen to now is called uh, Futures in Biotech. Yeah. And the, the people they have on there, the stuff that they're doing is ridiculous. Like, they've like, okay, we've already got the human genome. Now, how does the human genome interact with yeah, itself? Yeah, we've got the human genome. Now, what do we do with it? And this, the research that they've got going on is just ridiculous. You, know, you remember how it took, like, years to map the human genome? Yeah. The technology in what they did it like five years ago, right? Yes. The technology in those five years has improved so much that if they were to redo it, it would take them like a month. Well, actually, they're not um, completely done with the human genome now. They've actually discovered now with new technology, new processes and stuff that the stuff that they thought was like, oh, yeah, we thought we had this done. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait. There's this thing that we thought wasn't part of the genome. Oh, wait a second. That's, <laughs> Turns out it is. That's got proteins attached to it. Like, we got well, to, like, like, they mapped out uh, a virus. The avian flu, I think, is what they mapped out in a matter of days. Oh, yeah. The they, entire genome. They've mapped out genomes of yeast, of these weird worms, and a couple other things, too. So what do we do with all of it? How, like... It's basically. It's, Are we just? Is this the preliminary research for future genetic engineering, or? Well, the the way they explained it to me, the human genome is kind of like okay. It's the analogy that they used. They said that the human genome is like a list of parts for a seven fifty seven. It's like okay, this is a rudder. This is this. This is that, and the other thing. Tail engine. Yeah, it lists all all the parts. Like this Fan is the, belt. This is the this is the wire that goes. This is a wire. Yeah. And. They know what all the, the list of parts is, but they don't know how the parts get are, assembled. Yes. So it's like, I could know all the parts of a 757, but I have no idea from the list of parts what it does. Because right. I don't know that part A, what part A does, what part B does, that or sort of thing. Or how the parts interact. Yes. So okay. that's what they're doing now so is... there's still a ways to go. Oh, yeah. All right. So in 30 years, I think that's going to be uh, probably pretty well taken care of. Oh, I... I expect in 30 years with the amount of stuff that they've got going on now and especially since like in the past 30 years the amount of computers are getting into everything now yeah and computers and the digital information and digital processing and stuff is able to create like things to go faster and faster and faster it's it's kind of like a helping tool which is what they should be yes computers were designed as a tool oh yeah computers were designed to break codes which is really what the human genome is yeah it's it's the world's toughest code to figure out well, what the hell about the toughest but it's certainly a pretty damn hard one well once we figure that one out though the amount of stuff that we can use once we figure out the genome and how all the parts interact hopefully hopefully we can do something with it hopefully we can do something with it i genetic but, diseases gone oh that'd be oh, that'd man. be amazing yeah that leads to a couple problems though oh we're already experiencing those problems why is that well, if someone lives, people are expected to live a certain amount of time, and society is based on that expectation. Okay. You know, people retire at this age because they expect to only have this much time to enjoy their retirement. Yeah. Well, but if people are living longer and still retiring at that early age, how do we support them? 
That is a very good question. They are no longer really contributing to the workforce. Well, they can still be contributing in one form or another. Like, if people are living longer, then they're going to be living healthier longer. Are they? Or are they just living longer? Right now, people, for the most part, are just living longer. The quality of their life isn't really improving that much. But they're still able to do stuff. Like, my uh, grandpa was working in um, Ace Hardware for, I think, up to five, six years before he actually passed away. But So he was... He was retired from his previous job, and he was still out in the workforce doing... Right, but that's the rare case. A lot of times, the people retire, and that's it. They, they decide not to continue they, Why their... would they go back in the workforce? You had a PhD in something, and then you're working at Ace Hardware? No, he didn't have a PhD. I, I know. I'm giving you an, an example. All right. But if I had a PhD and decided to work back at ACO or something, but I don't know, it's... I think that if people are going to be living longer, they're going to be able to live a healthier life longer and able to do more with what, what time that they have. Hopefully. Because I think that living healthy is the key to living longer. Yeah. So once we start knocking out problems to our health, therefore, it's going to be... Well, there still needs to be the societal shift of don't retire at 55. If you're going to live to 95, don't retire at 55. Well, I think that's already happening, though. To some extent. Yes. Not nearly enough. That's why we have a social security problem. Oh, God. Well, that's just the social security system, I think, was a giant pyramid scam, but that's my own personal opinion. <laughs> oh, poor FDR. It was a neat idea, and then they just didn't look far enough into the future yeah. to realize that... Well, um, it helps get them out of the Depression. Yes. And now we're kind of stuck with it. And we got to figure out what to do with it all. Right. Privatizing it, not the answer. Nope. Didn't Britain privatize their social security? I don't know. I we'll have to look that up after yes. the episode. I will look that up. All right. We see. This is actually what I what I had originally intended the podcast to be like. By the way, what talk about a central subject like future of tech in thirty years, and every two minutes branch off. Ah. That's why I wanted to call it the Random Access Podcast. See, that makes a lot. Of, that makes perfect sense now. So. So okay, so you're thinking there's back gonna be a, to technology. Yeah, so you think there's going to be a major medical breakthrough? I think there are medical breakthrough. You know, we're looking at nanotechnology, yes. nanosurgery. Yes. Man, put all these surgeons out of business because all you need to do is inject some little mini machines in. The, the only problem though is that sooner like you're going to have to have some type of human interaction. Somebody's going to have to tell well, the robots. Someone's got to program it and control it, make sure it doesn't go ballistic. Yes. So a surgeon's probably going to go from a person who is a hands-on... It'll be a tech guy. Yeah. It'll be a techie. But a, a tech guy who knows... Yeah, much. You, you certainly need to know the medical background of it. Yeah. And in case there is a situation where the nano machines can't do what right. they need to do... Right. ...to be able to go in there and do it yourself. Right. So... So there's going to be that... Uh, and already, medical technology in the last 10 years has gone nuts. My dad just had a surgery a week ago. He's fine. Like, he was out of the hospital in two hours. Jeez. This surgery, they used to keep you for two to three days. And he's... He's he was out out and walking in two hours. Wow. Like, it's nuts. Oh, yeah. The changes in, uh, in medical technology have already been insane. And in 30 years, I can't imagine what it's going to be like. That's what it means to be a breakthrough. Oh, yeah. Um, also in memory storage. Like, like my own personal memories of... No, no, like computer storage. Oh. 
we're coming up to a couple barriers right now. What is that? Oh, the, the petaflop barrier? No, no, well, that's, that's computational. No, I'm talking about, um, you know, you can put as much space on a hard disk as you want. Yeah. All you need to do is make a bigger disk. Yes. I have a portable hard drive down here. It's, it's 250 gig. They could make it much bigger. They have them that are terabytes. The problem is how do you move the information from the hard disk to the memory? So if you have a humongous disk, it's going to take could, a yeah, long I, time. I could build a disk the size of my apartment that would hold hundreds of petabytes. Petabyte is a thousand terabytes is a thousand gigabytes is yeah. a thousand, right? So a petabyte hard disk, I could make it. The problem is if I have a piece of information at the start of the disk and a piece of information at the end of the disk, I have to wait for it to move across the disk to get that information. That's what the barrier is. You see now, this is where my whole my whole basis of my paper was the uh, the issue of bandwidth. Yeah. So I'm thinking instead of having one humongous disk that's as large as your apartment, having maybe 100, 200 smaller, tinier disks that are working in conjunction in a giant raid or Redundant something. Redundant array of independent disks. Yes. Yeah, and then if you have enough bandwidth for them to all communicate with each other, well, they wouldn't communicate with each other. They'd communicate with the central processor. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's what I meant. But they would they communicate with the central processor, and then instead of having one arm having to travel like twelve feet to go across the room to hit the other side of the disk or something, you could have. Just yeah. To- oh, they they have things like that already. The problem is, of course, what happens when one disk fails. That is true. And if you have, a, let's say, a half a percent chance that the disk will fail at any given time, well, when you have a hundred disks, there's a much bigger chance that one of them's going to fail. Well, I think it's just going to be a massive storage of information for everywhere, though. Like, every, every, every person's going to have their information, and that's also going to be stored, stored somewhere else as a backup and stored somewhere else as a you backup. You mean, like, the, the G drive from Google? Yes. Which is actually part of my, my thing, my, well, my thesis, because it was based in telecommunications. I used that right. as a basis of my thing. Like these, I, I can, this is basically going into my answer to my own question. <laughs> Go it, for it. All right. Um, so my old answer to the question was, it was going to be, everybody's going to have their own iPod storage device, but the, the amount of information that you can store on the thing would probably be, I'm thinking in the hundreds of gigs and stuff like that. But everybody would have their own little personal personal media device, which would be you would always have it would always be connected, like cellular and Wi-Fi. You'd always have it on. You'd always have it connected. Always available. Yes, as as like your source for everything. And then I also was thinking of having it being able to like hook up to your television, and instead of having your television be like the receiver of the signals, um basically have it as a monitor where if it's not actually receiving its signals, it's getting its signal from your port. I called it the PMP, which actually it turns out was an anagram that was already taken as a portable <laughs> media player. But yeah, I thought I was on the right track when I was thinking up a device that already exists. And I'm like, okay, well maybe this could be like this in the future. Right. What I was also thinking was um, digital distribution. Oh man. But I mean, that's already here. I know, but what, what, like thinking of the big three, you've got your, your movies, yeah. They're not digitally well they're not well not they're legally. moving to it. Warner Brothers was talking about it. But having your movies being able to get downloaded. Yeah. Legally downloaded. Legally downloaded. Cuz uh, it can't download any movies right now. I mean 
Oh, no, no such source for that. No. None at all. No, I don't know what you're. T- I don't know what the MPAA is talking about with the illegal. Yeah, whatever, man. Uh, so movies and then music. Me- like music is like, well, I was which thinking- you can't. Music is now being digitally distributed. Yeah. iTunes, Napster, all these legal methods of downloading songs. Yes, but I was thinking more towards the um, television station and radio station, though. Like they're still. Doing the old-fashioned broadcasting over the airwaves. Yeah, sort of but deal. they're all well. Digital cable is not over the airwaves. No, that no, is but you're, quite literally digital distribution. You just can't download it. But you're you're still talking. About, I'm trying to think at the base level. The base level, somebody's going to have a little portable radio that's picking up whatever AM FM stations are going through there. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a TV still hooked up to the old antenna that you have to dial in your UHF and VHF channels. And so it would just be because of that, then I was thinking, well, what, what's going to be the future of the base? Like, what's going to be the lowest level? I'm like, that's going to have to change at one point or another. Right. But, uh, like, the radio is great for, you know, getting a word out really quickly. If you need to get the word out to, a, to an entire city that something's on its way, the best way to do that is the radio. Okay, so if everybody's got a personal media player, if everybody's got a pimp... It would have to be connected online. Yes, that's what and I was talking about. you Every- have to be able to distribute to that. You, like, the government would have to have a chip in it that it could override. And that's scary. Well, the emergency broadcast system is kind of like a government-required override right, for radio and television. But the government doesn't actually have a chip in your radio. No, but they... Well, the, the companies could, like... When when emergency broadcast comes over and I'm watching Comcast cable, but that cable, would require government regulation of the internet, which brings you into net neutrality. Which I am totally pro net neutrality. All right, so should we explain net neutrality for those? Who oh, uh, yeah, net neutrality. Right now in Congress, there are a couple bills about what amounts to privatization of the internet, where. Uh, Comcast and AT&T and other telecom companies will be able to control the internet and have the current plan is set for a multi-tiered service where the more you pay, the higher tier your content is. All right, so let me let me try and try and dumb this down and explain it to try and this is a little like this is it took me actually a little while to figure this whole net neutrality issue out because even like understanding how the internet works go for it it's still kind of confusing so there's there's people like you're when you you connect to the internet you're connecting through somebody like you're somebody owns the wire that goes from your house to wherever the server is that right. holds a web page now they can kind of regulate how much information goes through there by like the size of the wire or how much bandwidth they it, can regulate it from their computers. Yes. Uh, they don't even need to control the size of the wire. They can just say, on their system, this person only gets this amount. So they, they would say, oh, if you really want to get the content... Because content, like the downloading all the information, like downloading the World of Warcraft webpage, that's a huge amount of information on that site now. Yep. With the new, the new setup that they have, it's just... They've got every... It looks great. But there's a lot of information on there. I prefer the old page, actually. Well, okay, you but prefer the old page. Go on. But let's say, like, they 
that the people in Comcast aren't really making any money. Like like you're going to Amazon and stuff like that. You're paying you're paying money to Amazon to buy something that they're not really getting a big piece of the pie is what they're saying. So they're like, okay, so we're just going to kind of cut the bandwidth. They shouldn't get any of the pie. We pay them a monthly fee. That is their pie. But they're like, well, we can we can get a base monthly fee. Oh, if you want the internet, we'll give you the the internet, but we'll give you it at a dial-up speed. If you want a faster connection, then you'll have to pay more. If you want, oh, if you want to access the actual site itself, oh, you want to use Google? Oh, that's going to be another five dollars a month. Sort of. That's sort of? actually not what the bill is. Oh, okay. You're we- looking at the bill from the other side, from the consumer. Okay. The bill is actually made more for. Uh, the companies to take advantage of the producer. Okay. What would happen is, let's say we have a website, such as www.rapodcast.net. Dot .net. Dot .net. I always have to do that if okay. you say dot .net. Since yes. um, you forgot dot .net I, at some point. Uh, no, I didn't. Well, you said last time, Last I think. time I said dot .com and quickly fixed it. Yes. Well, you so, told other people dot .com. I told people dot .net. Well, you said last time that you told people that you said rapodcast.com and you had to tell them, no, 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 no I mean actually .net. I, I always said .net. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, so we've got this webpage, www.rapodcast.net. And then we have uh, another podcast that, you know, like maybe someone that we knew in high school decides, I'm going to go make a podcast. Or you have like a podcast like uh, AZ... AZMD. AZMD. All Zombies Must Die. It's a, it's a pretty good podcast. Okay. I like the guy. He's a fun guy. Yeah. But so we'll, we'll take that example. We have RAPodcast.net and AZMD.net. Okay. And both of them, we're going to simplify this, are using the same service provider, the same host. Let's say it's Comcast. Comcast is hosting our web pages. Okay. With the new bill, with the privatization of the internet. We could say, pay Comcast this rate, rate A. And Comcast says, okay, you guys have that rate. That's the low rate. It's the cheap rate. All right. Since we're college students, we want yeah, the cheap Yeah, we don't rate. have money to pay for some giant thing. Not, we, we don't have the T1 bandwidth right. capabilities. JP, who's the guy from AZMD. All right. He's, we'll say he's got a little more money than we He's do. actually got a job. Yeah. Okay. He, he actually is a – well, last I knew he had a job. Well, he- I think he's still got a job. I don't know. Their podcasts and, are a little behind the times. Yeah, but. so he can afford to pay a little more. Yeah. And so he pays Comcast a little more. And Comcast says, okay, you're on, the, you're on the higher tier. Okay. You're on a better tier of the internet. You have priority on your service. Oh. So, so someone – now you go to the consumer. Okay. Well, Joe's student wants to get some podcasts. All right. I want to go get our podcast and get their podcast. So I type in – Let's say I type in both web pages on – I've got two computers in my house. Okay. I've got computer A and computer B, and I type them in, and I hit enter at the same time, and it goes. What and happens? theirs loads faster because their packets, packets from AZMD.net, have a higher priority and move better through the internet. Because they paid more money. Because they pay more. Now, this doesn't seem too bad, but now let's take it up to a slightly larger example. Google versus Yahoo. Okay. Two huge search engines that are in a fierce competition. Yes. Well, what happens then when Yahoo decides to pay more? A lot more. A lot more. Like, what were they? They were saying so, they were wanted to buy Facebook for like a billion dollars. Yeah, or something like some like that. huge, huge amount. So, 
Google all of a sudden takes five minutes to load a search page. Yahoo takes five seconds. Who are you going to use? That's a tough decision. Let's see, I, I want stuff now, so I'm going to go with Yahoo then. Right. Because they pay more, you're going to use their service. This is not good. Now we'll take it one more step. All right. I design a very basic search engine. All right. Uh, like, I, I've just got a little search engine on a web page. Okay. And Yahoo is out there. Yes. Who are you going to use? I cannot pay what Yahoo pays. My service would take so much longer than Yahoo. Who are you going to use? I'm, if you're going to take forever, I'm going to use Yahoo. So, me, the independent little website, I'm going to, like, there's no reason for me to have my stuff out there. And if that's my way of living, if that, if those, if that webpage and the revenue from that webpage are the means that I get by on, because, like, I have advertisements on it or something. Yeah, Google Ads. Yeah, well... Like our site. Yahoo is going to kill me. Yeah. So, net neutrality is going to put a huge halt to independent websites. Beyond that, the, the company has almost absolute control. That is true. Like, people say that, oh yeah, you've got, you've got control over what type of internet access you have, and right. not well, really... What happens if, say, Fox, Rupert Murdoch, buys some internet service providers? Like, or, or designs his own, makes his own. Yeah, all right, he makes his own. Fox! Fox is rather biased. Yes. And Rupert Murdoch has a really bad history. You can look this up on the news on, uh, like, MySpace. When he took MySpace over, a couple MySpace accounts kind of disappeared. Oh, really? Yeah. That's why I don't like Rupert Murdoch, and I don't really like MySpace. And I'm thinking of the Fox News and their wonderful interview of President Clinton recently. Oh, yeah. I, like, so what, what would have – there's nothing to stop them from putting my internet site, which is you know very liberal and anti-Republican and anti-Fox – hypothetical website. I don't got, actually have... An you have alternate. a burning effigy of Rupert Murdoch on your webpage. Right. Well, all of a sudden, my webpage doesn't load anywhere. I cannot get through worth anything. It's right. It takes an hour to load my webpage. So that is net neutrality in a nutshell. Okay. Net neutrality, it, it's against the privatization of the internet. So basically, the the internet service provider could be Getting their own cut because people have to pay to yeah. actually access and the internet. Basically, you're double paying. And it could it could happen on both ends. Right. The I have, companies I pay paying. them a monthly fee. Yeah. And then Google has to pay them a monthly fee to have Google's webpage distributed. Yes. It's double paying. And then if you want a better connection, you're gonna have to pay more. They're gonna have to pay more to get a right. better connection. And so, so it it's screwing people over. So net neutrality is basically saying no matter what the bite is, it should be equal. Nobody should have precedence right. over... Net neutrality is saying you cannot limit what goes where. You can't put holds on it. You can't put filters on it like that. So you that. can't put priority to anything. Right. This bite is equal to... a Google's bite is equal to Yahoo's bite is equal to Amazon's bite, which is equal right. to our... So technically, we're on the same playing field... As Google. As Google. Right. Which is how it should be. That's actually kind of neat. <laughs> Now, the arguments against net neutrality... Yeah, what arguments are there against net neutrality? There are a couple. One of them is something like the fact that since everything is moving onto the internet... Yes. You want to give certain things priority. You want to give, for instance, 
a voice over internet phone call priority over a music download. Yes, because if I'm trying to call you and I'm trying to download, let's say, lots of stuff... No, no, not even you. Because remember, the internet is everyone. Yes. So let's say some really famous music artist releases an album on the internet, exclusively on the internet, and everyone in the country wants it. Or let's say, like, the Tigers' playoff tickets go up for sale. Right. And get sold out in 57 minutes. Yes. Well, that means that there's an incredible amount of traffic on the internet, and there's only so much space on the internet yes. for traffic to move. Yes. There, there's well, only a limited if number. everything is equal, yeah. that means that everyone trying to get those tickets has the same priority as our phone call. And if we're trying to discuss, like, diffusing a time bomb or something... Our phone call is going to get really screwed up. Don't cut the red... Wait, what? Don't cut cut the red one? Okay. Cutting it. Boom. Yeah. Well, that's a little extreme, but... I'm just thinking of an extreme possibility yeah. of what could happen. I, the, the phone call could get dropped. It'll get distorted. There'll be delays. And general inconvenience. Yeah. So the argument is you want net neutrality on certain things. And the argument that they really use is things like police service oh, that and is... ambulances. Well, I thought the police and the but military th- had that's their... That's the thing. They have their own network. It's not on the internet. It would be dumb to have the Department of Defense on the internet. Because especially if, there's, if somebody decides to attack the internet and they'll take right. down the Department of Defense they, along with it. The Department it. of Defense, yes, it's wired into the internet, but they have their own separate internet as well for the important things. Yeah, it's, it's, like, the emergency, it's like the emergency radio channels that you have on police scanners right. and stuff like that. It's not like I can go and clog the Department of Defense's internet. No, unless you actually were inside the Department of Defense. Right, and then I'm in shit trouble. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, I hope I'm never in that position. <laughs> I would be weirded out if you started working for the Department of Defense, Dave. I'm telling you right now. Dave and Department of Defense. Why not? I don't see you as a... De- well, could, what would you be doing at well, the Department I could, of Defense? I could right now very easily change my major to be uh, number theory. And then you'd be like that numbers guy on... I'd be a code breaker, man. Cryptology? It's a huge part. It's not really the Department of Defense, it's the NSA, but still. The NSA who's listening to this podcast right now. I'd like to say hi to the NSA eavesdropper who is listening in on our conversation. Oh, because, yeah, like, the, the guitars are mic'd for the NSA. No, 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 I'm talking about, something. well, they, they're going to probably listen to everything that goes over the internet since they're listening to our phone calls. how much goes out onto the internet. No. That would take a lot of manpower. Maybe it's a giant computer. Maybe if I say I'm going to kill the president with a time bomb, now we're going to get flagged. You know, if I'm not already flagged by the NSA, I don't know how to get flagged by how the How would NSA. you get – why, why Andy, would you – I've be... done so many searches on the internet that should flag me. Um, I know how to make a nuclear bomb. Well, I know the theory behind making a no, nuclear bomb. No, no. I don't know the theory. I know how to make a nuclear bomb. Like actual nuts and bolts and – Like, well, not nuts and bolts, but like – I know the material that you'd need. Okay. Not necessarily a bomb, but a nuclear explosion. So you'd want to make a dirty bomb? No. I mean a real nuclear bomb. Oh. Dirty bomb is easy. You just get, like, a lump of uranium, and you put an explosive next to it, and you have a dirty bomb. Very simple. Yeah. Very dirty. Quick and dirty. Yeah. Well, that's the point. Oh, yeah. So you've, you've actually gone and decided... I, I, went, I spent, like, a half an hour on the internet. I was looking at Wikipedia, which has an insane amount of information on making a bomb. Do you, do you own the Anarchist's cookbook? I don't, but I know people who do. 
So you could get your hands on the Anarchist Cookbook. Yeah. If you really wanted to. Yeah. Anarchist Cookbook, for those of you who don't know, it's not a real cookbook. It kind of gives you the play-by-play of how to make pipe bombs and other sort yeah. of napalm. And, and all I mean, of some it. of it is curiosity. Some of it's, uh, hey, you never know when you're going to be attacked by a renegade robot from the future. You want to know when you, how to make a pipe bomb. Renegade Terminator. Robot. Okay. Terminator. Remember in the first movie, he makes pipe bombs out of house cleaning supplies. Oh, yes. Tremors. They make Tremors. pipe bombs out of house cleaning supplies. I want to know how to do that. That's oh, cool. Tremors is fun. I want to know how to make thermite. <laughs> Damn basement. Oh, that's oh, rec, rec room. room. Yeah, rec room. Oh. Sorry, I was just that's re- reliving memories of Tremors. That's all right. With Kevin Bacon. So, um, where oh. were we? We were talking about net neutrality and tech in 30 years. I still haven't given my full answer yet. Because you started to give yours. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. That, and like, I brought up the whole fact of this. This is why it's the random access podcast. Good point, yeah. It, it's kind of like so funny because we were sitting there for a second and we were kind of like deconstructing the previous conversation of where we were. Well, because that's what we need to do to go back. We are like, wait a second. Where did we start and how did we get to... All right, so other advances in 30 years as Andy's sitting here confused trying to piece things together. I'm trying to like do a flow chart in my head of how this conversation... We really should just like write it out as we do it. It would be really funny. Well, no, that's what the show notes are. I'm going to be that's going through... The show notes are. Okay, this connects There's to There's going to be a complete redesign on the show notes page. It's going to be a flow chart. With li- Ooh, a flow chart with links attached to like inside oh, each section? Dude, that's all. I don't know how we could do it, though. I will talk to my dad. My dad does business administration and theory of constraints and all this yeah, stuff, but, so he's got flow charts up the wazoo. But does he know how to make a flow chart on a website? I don't know. If he doesn't, I, he probably knows the people to talk to. To actually create a flowchart. I have a couple of ideas on how to do it, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. The show notes are just going to be the, like the show notes are, because it's kind of funny that um, Penny Arcade did their podcast and their show notes. Look exactly like ours. Look exactly like my show notes. I, it's really, I was laughing really hard when I saw it. I, in <laughs> fact, messaged Andy when I first saw it. Because I'm like, look, it's the same thing. They copied us. I have the biggest grin on my face when I'm looking at those show notes going, those like, are exactly... Are- like, the, even the format with, yeah. like, the timestamps and everything. And these guys are, well, there really is kind of a general format archetype for show notes. But, the, but there's... These th- are guys that Andy and I almost idolize. Tycho and Gabe are really awesome people. Oh, yes. And they really know what they're doing and what they're talking about. And they're, they're having fun while doing it. They're, they, they take their ideas of, okay, it's about the gamers. It's always about the gamers. We're the, we're the people who are buying the stuff. It should be about us. Right. And they, rather indirectly, I think, are responsible for the Random Access podcast. I do believe so. I, I think listening to their podcast really is what got Andy and I started on this. Well, okay, so how I got started in podcasts was actually with uh, Twit. Which is uh, why I look at Leo Laporte as kind of like the godfather of podcasts. <laughs> the he, godfather. Well, he wasn't, he wasn't the founding member. He wasn't the one who created the very first podcast. They, that's still slightly up for debate because then you try and go from what's a RSS feed with an MP3 attached to it. So what is a podcast? What's a podcast? But he, he's kind of taken the whole idea of a podcast and run with it. Like the entire twit.tv website yeah. with like – Tons and tons of podcasts is like if there's anything that's going to happen with podcasts, that's where to look. That's where to look. Keep that in mind. 
Which brings up another point in 30 years. Where Where is podcasting going to be? They See, that's what I brought up, though. Podcasting like, didn't exist 10 years ago. It didn't exist, like, five years ago. Certainly not to the extreme that it exists now. No. But that, that, was, my, that was part of my thing, was that... Um, Radio stations are probably going to be digitally distributing all their shows and stuff. You know, there was the the site I showed you, Podango. Yes. Where it's uh, – what it is is it's a group of people and anyone can become a quote-unquote DJ. All right. Station manager is what they call them. Okay. And those people are responsible for going out and finding certain podcasts that they really like within a certain topic. And then their station – plays those podcasts. So it's kind of like they're taking out the... They're taking it back to radio. I mean, it's, it's over the internet, so it's not radio waves. But, but it, that seems to be, to me, to be a step backwards. I don't know if it's a step backwards or if it's a step sideways. I, I, I wouldn't say it's a step forward. I think it's a step sideways. A step sideways. Kind because of taking... think about it. If you've got one show you really like... Yes. Random Access Podcast. You want to hear other shows like it. Yes. And you know that Random Access Podcast is on a station on this website. Oh, so it's... go and listen to the station and hear the other podcasts. So you're kind of going back to, um, I like this, but I don't know enough of the, all the other podcasts that are out there. Right, and there's so, there are thousands of other podcasts out there. Oh, it's ridiculous. So how do you find one that's got good quality on the topic you like? Yes. Well, you can go to this website and find it. Well, you're not actually going to find it. It's probably I'm guessing it's like you get a channel and it just it's like a 24-hour stream. Yeah, of, I, that's probably what it is. They uh, just opened up their beta. So I, I really don't know. I've been keeping eyes on it, but I just don't know. Have you nominated ourselves to be picked up by? Uh, I haven't found any station managers yet. Oh. As I said, they just opened. They just. <laughs> There's like one station. There's other now. There are other forms of internet radio. Yes, there's, there's something called a live 365. Okay, which really is internet radio. So it's, they have DJs. They have a music collection. The DJs can play whatever they want. They can do live shows. They have a schedule where it's this DJ from this period to this period. This DJ from this period to this period. But it's that's it's kind of like they're streaming there, and they're streaming audio. Okay, so you got the you have the streaming audio and you have the podcasts. Which is kind of like a self-contained pod. Right. It's like, Streaming audio would be live. Yeah. Podcasts are recorded. Yes. So, But I'm still thinking that there's going to be some point where either it's going to be streaming or it's going to be podcasting or it's going to be a mixture of both. Because there's some shows on the radio that are just basically what we call them canned. Yeah. Where it's somebody pre-records it. They, they put it in. It's like you're opening up a can, throwing it out on the, yeah. on the airwaves. So it could be. I could see the radio stations doing that, record, getting some sh- podcasts, putting them on there as actual well, that, shows on a what, streaming. That's what Podango is. Well, maybe Podango is the future then. Instead of a step sideways, maybe they actually are, are putting – a step forward? Maybe they that's are a step forward. Maybe weird. they're putting together streaming internet radio and podcasting and figuring out how to put the two of them together. Because there are some show live shows on the radio, but there's also some stuff that's recorded. Right. Like, now, like, that's assuming that Podango is what we think it is and not just here's the station, here's a list of podcasts. That would kind of suck. That would be. I mean, that's, I mean, all they're doing is saving you a couple hours of searching. Yes. 
But if I can like just jump on this station and be like, oh, this is an interesting show. I wonder what it is. Right. Oh, I like this show and I like this show. Maybe I should listen to the other shows on there. It, it, I probably could be the the future of the internet. But what? Okay. Now now the big the big thing that I was talking about with mine was television. TV. TV and digital distribution. TV and digital distribution. Okay, yes. go. Oh, go? Well, talk about it. Oh. What, what about TV and digital distribution? Well, I was... I'm sitting here looking at my giant TV that gets a cable signal. Yes. So I suppose it's digitally distributed. Yeah, but, like, there's still, like, ABC, NBC, CBS, the big three, and Fox still have local affiliate stations. Like, here we have Fox 2. Right. WDIV Channel 4, WXYZ Channel 7. They're still getting broadcast over the airwaves. Yeah, I'm and thinking, the cable, but yes. But no, no, but they're still at the base getting broadcast yeah, over the airwaves. at airways. the very base, yeah. That, that's what I was talking about. It's like there's stuff out there now that you can actually get your TV programs. You can download them to your computer or watch them anywhere you want to. But what's the base system going to be? And I'm thinking the base system is going to be where it's going to be digitally distributed in 30 years, where you're actually not going to have technically a local – you're not going to have local affiliates. NBC is going to have their humongous – Webpage. Where you, but local affiliates are good for local news. And there's a fire down the road. Where am I going to hear about it? I'm going to hear it on NBC. Local. Okay, so let's say the local affiliates aren't basically into the distribution anymore. They're just a production company. Where NBC, let's say, um, okay, Fox. I was bringing up this thing. It's like, it's Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. House is going to be on. So let's say Fox is going to have their webpage. I'm going to subscribe like TiVo. You know how TiVo yeah. you can subscribe to a show and have it record for the entire season. Right. I'm going to subscribe to the house and I'm going to get a version downloaded to my PMP, my pimp. Is that what an actual PMP abbreviation sounds like? I have no idea. I doubt it. I, th- I think it'll just be PMP. PMP. It could be pimp. I, it, it sounds like it well, should be pimp. Maybe my PMP but... is pimp. You know, I'm... Have you pimped out your PMP? I don't have a PMP. Pimped out your pimp? Well, technically my iPod's a pimp. Yeah, portable media player. I'm pimping my iPod. My iPod's pimped. I know your iPod's pimped. I have a different OS on mine. I know. Ha ha ha. I brought up the whole thing about hacking your iPod. Speaking of which, I saw an article on doubling the memory of your iPod. Really? Yeah, because evidently Apple decided to make the iPods with an extra memory spot with no chip. So the iPod Nano can hold like 7.8 gig if you have another chip. So I'd have to buy another... You go on to Yahoo, not Yahoo, eBay... Okay. You buy a broken iPod for right. like 40 bucks. Okay. You open it up. You take the chip out, the memory chip. All right. You open your iPod. Now, this is really don't do this, guys, unless you know what you're doing and are willing to possibly throw away 300 bucks. Because once you crack it open, there goes your warranty. Right. Like, don't expect people to take it back to Apple. They are not going to want it back. But You, you, you cracked it open. <laughs> you want to return it because you messed yeah. up. So you take the chip out of the broken one, and you solder it onto the good one. Okay. And then you close the good one back up. All right. And then you reboot it, and it'll recognize the new chip, and it'll recognize that you now have, like, 7.6 gig. So now do you think that the um, the new, like, because I know Apple Nano came up to 8 gigs now because they were trying to compete with the Samsung. Because, you know why? They just put Because the they just put the second chip in. What? It costs God. them, like, nothing. You can buy the chip independently for, like, 40, 50 bucks. That is... There, there's a wholesaler out of Korea. You can buy the chip for 50 bucks. Oh, the Koreans. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, basically, they, they already had the Apple's, new iPod yeah, Nano. They've been able to do it since they made the Nano. 
So I'm guessing the only difference between the two gig and like the four gig nanos was the chip that was in them. Yeah. You know, that's the only difference is what kind of chip is on the inside. So technically, if I bought an, I, uh, an app, uh, iPod Nano 2 gig because I wanted to be cheap and actually somehow found a couple two, of eight, yeah. two, like two 8 gig chips or yeah, two you, 4 gig chips well, or whatever yeah, they are. 4 gig is, I think, the biggest. So if, I could just go from a 2 gig to an 8 gig with a little Yeah, it's like an extra 80 bucks and breaking the warranty and possibly breaking your iPod. That's a that's a little tough to swallow though. Breaking my iPod. Yeah. There goes your warranty when you broke your iPod. I don't know. Maybe in three years I'll do it. That is true. Like when my, the warranty's gone anyways, and like my PSP, I keep on looking at. It, I'm like, there's so much stuff I want to do with the PSP, but I don't. And then I'm thinking, like, well, about the warranty. I'm like, oh wait, it was only 90 day warranty. PSP, you have a PSP or PS2. Okay, I like. Wait, what? <laughs> no, like I'm gonna spend the money on a PSP. Okay. PlayStation 2, not PlayStation Portable. No, no, PlayStation 2. Okay. So, TV and digital distribution. Yes, I'm thinking that like you're going to be able to subscribe to a house. It's going to download on your thing, and then it's kind of going to be locked until Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Oh, that's interesting. Like, cause you, you realize you're going to get people breaking the lock. That's the kicker right there. Is I'm trying to figure out how, how would you well, keep it locked. Valve did a pretty good job with that. That is true. You can pre-download the games, yeah. and they just, they're encrypted. I mean, you, you can't break it. So you basically just get a one-time cipher that will down, it's a small, like, you can have like a one kilobyte file, it's just a small one-time cipher that will unlock right. the episode that you want. Right. But that's what I'm thinking, is like, huh. it would be like TV meets TiVo meets <laughs> digital distribution. That's very interesting. You see this? Is, and you've got a C on this I got paper? a C on this paper. That's ridiculous. I should go and talk to your professors. I wanted to talk to my professor too, but... Well, did you ever go to their office hours? Oh, I went to their office hours. Did you say, like, can I argue this paper with you? I think I deserve a better grade. It was the, it was the end of the semester, and he was leaving for the summer, so it was like... By well, the that's time the actually, best time to do it. They want to get out of there. No, 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 but he actually was like, as soon as I take your tests, I'm on a plane. I'm going to be grading these on a plane heading over to Europe. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, that really sucks. You got screwed. Basically. Well, then you go to the head of the department. But he is basically the head of the oh, department. Well, then, well he's um, the head of the te- the uh, telecom. Because the, the telecom department's part of the theater and arts department, which is part of the College of Arts and Sciences. Yeah. But still, like, I go to their office hours. I just go into their office hours and bring up points to them that I think they, they're going to love. Like, I brought up, when I found out that Sony, the PS3 was only going to have 400,000... I'm like, Sony's screwing themselves over. I, I, that's, I walk into their office, and I'm like, Sony's screwing themselves over. <laughs> Dude, you have awesome professors. And they're just looking at me, and they're like, what's going on? I'm like, Sony's only going to have 400,000 PS3s. And they're, because they're, we had a huge argument in our, our uh, yeah. it was a contemporary problems in telecommunications was oh, the God. name of the course. So we, we would sit there in the it's class. an entire and, course about Sony. Well, we were arguing for the most part. Like, this is the topic that came up over and over again, especially in our projects at the end of the year, the one that mm-hmm. I did the history of video games on, and the, the looking forward from that. A bunch of people did it on Blu-ray and HD DVD, and I'm, I finally they bring it up to me, and I'm like, yeah, gamers don't care. <laughs> well, yeah, one or the other doesn't matter. They're, they're going to buy whatever the game's on. If it's on a freaking floppy disk, 80, flo- <laughs> 80 floppies. <laughs> the new wow. Grand Theft Auto comes in on 80 floppy disks. Um, Andy? It would be a lot more than 80. Floppy holds 1.44 meg. And a DVD see, holds 7 gig. 7 gigs. That'd a be a Blu-ray lot. holds like over 
I think it's over 20 gig. I don't know. I'm not sure, but it's some ridiculously high number. No, HD holds like 20, and then Blu-ray holds like 40, 50, something. Okay, so let's say it's 40 gig. There's a thousand floppies in a gig. Oh, my. You need 40,000 floppy disks. Here's your crate that holds (laughs) your entire game. You might as well go back to punch cards. They would actually be... uh, but would punch cards be able to hold that amount of information? It would take a room. It would take more than a room. <laughs> We're stepping backwards. Why Sc- would you do it? Screw the HD DVD versus Blu-ray. <laughs> We're doing punch cards. We're doing punch cards and magnetic tapes. You're lucky to fit like a kilobyte on a punch card. In fact, I don't think you can fit a kilobyte on a punch card. Oh, boy. I don't know why. This is extremely funny to me right now. Oh, oh. I can see the show notes now. <laughs> History of storage. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, I'm looking at our time. Well, but remember, we have, like, that huge space at the beginning where we were just kind of dicking around. Well, how, mu- how much log was that? I don't know. I think it was about ten minutes. So you want to go for another three, four minutes? Let's go, another, have... let's go another ten minutes. Do the you, other you... two have been slightly under an hour, so we can do one that's a little over. Okay. So, um... I'm I'm thinking we probably want to hold off on these other comments until yeah, probably God, next all right, week. So we've uh, we have a huge list and we've covered the first thing and we're not even done with it. Now, oh, what do we what do we still have on the first list? What do we still need to I talk about? I still have like much more technology in 30 years. It's a big topic. It's a huge topic. We could probably do a second episode on it. We're not going to, but we could. Why not? Because I'm getting tired of it. It's a, f- it's an interesting. This is like the stuff that this is the stuff that I love to sit down, like going to Denny's at yeah, three a.m. at three in the morning, and we're sitting here discussing. We should do this at Denny's at three in the morning. Ooh, a live show at Denny's. We at would three get in the so morning. many weird looks. Not to mention, like I, the poor listeners would be waiting for us as like, oh, hey waiter Chuck, what's up? Oh yeah, can I have a hot chocolate? Okay, thanks. Can I get my uh, lumberjack slam? Moons over my hammy. Moons over my... Oh, it's horrible. So, um, I think another thing in 30 years, another breakthrough, is space. Space. Space travel, space tech. Um, Wrong notes. I'm trying to... Trying to do the spoke Zarathustra. Oh, no, you're supposed to... Okay. Something. Like I said, I'm not a Trekkie fan, so I'm... Wow. We figured both of us don't know enough since we couldn't actually name either any of the captains. Oh, we could name two of them. Well, yeah, Shatner. The, the two important ones. I mean, come on, the other Shat- ones. The first and the last, Shatner and Bakula. Um, Andy? Oh, and Patrick Stewart. There you go. Three. <laughs> well, but well, between the two of us, we can name three. Yes. Because I, I only knew Shatner and Stewart. I knew Bakula. Because of Quantum Leap. Great yeah. show. Good show. Very good show. You think there's going to be time travel in the future? No. No? No. My reason is because, uh, as Doug Adams said in, his, in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide, time travel by its very nature is invented at every single point in time simultaneously. I'm confused by that statement. Well, if someone 40 years from now, quote-unquote, invents time travel... Yes. Why wouldn't they go back 40 years and invent time travel? I remember there's some argument, though, that I heard with time travel that says it's not, you're not going to be able to go before the time machine was invented or something like that. 
then you get to the whole paradox yeah, situation. Yeah, altering the past. Yeah. Well, but then you jump forward and you see a future. And then you jump back and you make a change. And then you jump forward and it's a different future. It's no different than just starting where you are and going back. No, because then you can't, you can't reach the paradoxal situations. Sure you can. No, you can. I jump forward. You jump forward. I see who's president 10 years from now. Okay. I come back to present day. Yes. I kill that person. Okay. And therefore, your, your future, the new future, since you killed the president, will branch off. Right, but it's the same paradigm. I mean, not really, no, because you can't go back and create convoluted stuff going on. You're just going to keep on branching off into a new future. But the future that I was in doesn't exist anymore. Yes, I know. You're on a new future. But then look at it this way, Andy, then. Where did I get the knowledge of who's going to be president? From the... Who did I know who to kill? How did I know who to kill? From the unaltered future. But it doesn't exist anymore. That future doesn't exist. Yeah, so? So where can I go? I can't visit that future anymore. I know. It's a paradise. You can't... You can't visit that future anymore because you changed it right. before it happened. Right. But if I can't visit that future, I don't know who's going to be president in 10 years, and I can't come back and kill them. You already knew. But I didn't manage to go to that future anymore. Because that future doesn't exist. Oh, so, okay, so let me get this straight. So let's say you decide to go into the future, at like, say, like, August 3rd or something like that. Okay. It's August 3rd, 2006. You decide to, um... Oh, yeah, August 3rd, 2006. That's what? the past. August 3rd, 2007. Okay. <laughs> let's say it's August 3rd, 2007. Somebody invents the time machine within the next year. Okay. That would be a breakthrough. Yeah, there you <laughs> There's your breakthrough There's right the there. Breakthrough. I, I can tell what your problem is. You got a time machine, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... August 3rd, 2007, I decided to go to the future. Yeah. I see that John Stewart's president. God only hopes. I know. Okay. I decided to go back in time, and I tell, um, I tell Tucker uh, Carlson that John Stewart is the president. Yeah. Except I go back to August 1st. And I tell Tucker Carlson that... Can you go back to August 1st? I thought you couldn't go back before you started. Well, let's say... No, like, let's say it was made in uh, July or something. You, you have to start over, because you're losing me on dates. Okay. Well, let's, let's just say date A. Date you start a. on date A, and you, you can't go a. before date A. No, no. You can't go before date A, but let's say there's date C. Okay. Is when I jump into the future to find date out. Date C is way in the future. Yes. Way no, in no, the no, future. No, no, no. no. There's, that would be date D. Okay. Date D is way in the future, but yes, date C is sometime in the future. Yes, that's next week. Okay. Date D, or date... Date C. Now you're confusing me. <laughs> okay, can I try? Sure. All right, start out, date A. Time machine is invented. Time machine's invented. On the, day, day. on the day that the time machine is invented, Yes. I travel forward. Okay. I travel five years into the future. Okay. We are now at future one. Future one. All right? Okay. I find out who's president in future one. Okay. I come back to day day. Okay. I kill the person who's going to be president in yes. future one. Future one now no longer exists. That's because you branched off into... But it no longer exists. No. Right? If I were to travel forward again to the same point in time, it's different. Yes. It'd be... Future one doesn't exist. How could I have traveled to it? Because you already traveled to How? it. How? It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist anymore because you altered it. But when you traveled to it, oh, it shit. did exist yeah, at the time. It existed at the time that I traveled to it. What I was shit. thinking was, let's say, date A, time machine is invented. 
date C is when I go into the future to find out who's president, but I go back to date B, which is between date between A them. Okay. Yeah. and date C, and then I kill who's ever president. Is my day C when I travel into the future? That's not going to exist anymore. Right. So how did I go into the future then? That's my, that was the paradox. Isn't that the that same I, thing that I was just talking about? Yeah, though? that's what I was trying to prove your point. Okay. Date C exists. It's just, it used to exist. It previously existed and it's the future. So it's kind of weird. The future previously existed. Okay. See, time, time travel sucks. This is why I don't think there's time travel. It just doesn't make sense. My head hurts. <laughs> Well, I think we're going to call it quits then. I need a drink. We need a drink. Andy and I started a tradition after we record the episode. We go around the corner to the bar and grab a drink. To drown our miseries of the podcast. So we're going to go have a drink. And Um, continue this discussion, unfortunately. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. We're going to try and get the schedule a little more standard. We missed a week because there was some confusion about a dentist appointment and work, and stuff like that. I had a dentist fill my teeth. Poor Andy. I've got to go and back there on the 16th. And then quit a job, too. and that was going to... Inter- yeah, so... Uh, we'll, we'll figure something we'll out. We'll figure it out. I think Mondays are going to be when we record, which means Wednesdays will probably be when it goes up. Yes. Wednesday or Thursday. Yes. So... Drink. Drink. Let's go. Drown, Thanks dr- for listening, guys. figure out my time travel. See you you in the future. We'll see you guys in the future. Bye.